Amsterdam City Church, are you in the house? Are you in the house? The month, the month's theme is abundance of grace, amen? So you are in the arena of abundant grace today in Jesus' name. So tell your neighbor, give me space, give me space. There's too much grace around me, amen? I want to tell all the women the mothers, the upcoming mothers in this house, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You're great. You're great. And I want to just honor my mom, who is no longer among us, but I just want to say, Mom, you're a legend, and rest in peace, and happy Mother's Day to you. And that is mini-me. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. We just brought you a small present for all the women in this house. So the protocol team will go around and hand you the presents we just have for you and encourage all the mothers, all the women that whatever battle you're going through, God's love is already overcome it in Jesus' name. So we've just brought you some small gifts, so enjoy it. As we start the preaching, I just want to thank God for his grace he has given me to preach. I want to thank my amazing husband for always standing next to me. And being such a great man in my life, I want to thank my church. I want to thank everyone who is here present today in Jesus' name. I want to say a small prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for how far you have brought us, O Father. It is because of your abundance of grace, O Father, that we get to wake up every day. We get to see all the beautiful things around us. And we get to be so blessed in you, Father. We thank you for your love that showers us, that empowers us, O Father. We pray, O oh Lord, that the word that is going to be preached and shared today, O oh Father, shall come directly from you. Be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the theme of the month is Abundant Grace, which is taken from Romans 5, verse 17, and 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, which I'll come to later on. Um, grace, actually, we have been talking about grace in the month of April. Who were the ones who were here with us? With this team, it was just an awesome team, amen? Actually, grace is the basis of our faith. It's the foundation of our faith. And I like the song my sister sang. She said that your love is a firm foundation in which I can put my trust, amen? His love is a firm foundation. So even though you might be going through things, you only need his love. You only need his favor. You only need his grace. And what is grace actually? The next slide, please. Grace is unmerited, undeserved favor. And when you simply look around you, when you wake up every day, the fact that you can even breathe without thinking about it, without being in a hospital, without being intubated and giving oxygen to, it's the grace of God. It really is. The fact that you are walking without sticks, the fact that you are walking without any problems, it's all the grace of God. The fact that we get to see the beautiful sun, the, the skies, the moon, all the stars, all the things that God created, it is the grace of God. Amen? And grace is simply Christ at work and you at rest. Grace is actually Christ at work and you at rest. The fact that God is working, it's just a fact. You cannot change it. Your unbelief, your doubts, your insecurity cannot change the fact that Christ is at work. 
but you must be at rest to live his full and abundant grace. And I emphasize on the rest part because sometimes we are going through challenges and we are not at rest. We're stressed, we are uncomfortable, we're distressed. But it is because of his grace that you can be at rest. Amen. And abundance, what is abundance? Abundance is what exceeds normal expectation. So people might know you, they might know you that, okay, this is this sister or this brother, and yeah, this is my expectation about them. But grace super exceeds expectation of men. Grace super abounds. Abundance super abounds and it increases. Another word for abundance is to be augmented, which is om vergroot te worden. And yeah, the slides are there. If you um, look up the word abundance in, in Greek, it means pleonaza, which means exceeding, which means increase. And can you imagine that actually the thing that prompted Christ or actually prompted God to give up his only begotten son for you and I to be saved is his grace. It's his grace. Because of his grace, he had the love for you to give his son to you. So it's grace, love, and then given. And if it wasn't for this grace, where would we be? We would still be in our sins. We will still be in death. Our lives would be dry. It wouldn't be the way it is now. And if you read Romans 5 verse 17, it says, For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen. Through that one man, Jesus Christ. So through one man, who was Adam, sin entered the world. Pain entered the world. Sickness entered the world. Distress entered the world. But through one man, and that's the man who the whole service is about. That one man is Jesus Christ. Through him, through him. Grace entered the world. Amen. Through him, grace entered the world. And when you read on Romans 5 verse 20, which I love so much, is that it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. For the ones who have been in the club before, where sin abounds, <laughs> grace abounds much more. So that sin, that boogie dancing you're doing, it's, it's nothing. Grace abounds much more. It doesn't matter what sin you have committed or what sin you are using against yourself. Grace abounds much more. Grace abounds much more. If you read 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Last week, my husband preached that God left his throne all the way to come down to earth 
to be the cleaner of your sins? Who would leave a throne, a palace, a kingdom to come and be a cleaner? Schoonmaker. <laughs> Who would do that? It's only Christ. It's only Jesus. And why is he doing it? Because he loves you. And you just need to build your life on that love of him. Amen. Are you in the house? Am I making sense? <laughs> so if I think about abundance of grace, I, I immediately thought about Paul. I think Paul is one of the people, the apostles, who understands grace the best. And today I'll call him Paulina because it's Mother's Day. <laughs> and Paul went from a per persecutor to an apostle. He went from a sinner to being saved. And he knew where he was coming from. If you read, you can go home and read it. If you read Acts chapter 9, it depicts the whole story of Paul. But as you see, there was a day where he was on his way to Damascus. He was persecuting the church, persecuting women, persecuting men, persecuting anyone who stood for Christ. He was just, you know, some people come to church and they have like a, a notebook to write down. Vandaag deden ze dit niet. Vandaag zeiden ze dit. Dat klopt toch helemaal niet. Ja, kijk ze dan weer heilig doen. He was persecuting the church. But then when he was on his way to Damascus, God just striked him and he fell. And he couldn't see. It was like there was some light around him and he, he became blind. He couldn't see for three days. And because he couldn't see, he couldn't eat. He couldn't drink. He just wasn't feeling himself. And this same man who was persecuting the church is the same man who understands the abundance of grace and who lived the abundance of grace. When you read Acts chapter 9 verse 5, it says, well, first, actually, Saul replied and said, who are you, Lord? So when the, the light hit him and he became light, he was asking, who are you, Lord? That's strange, right? You're asking me, who are you? But then you're calling my name. That's toch raar. So he knew, he knew that it was Christ. He knew that the one he was persecuting was the one behind it. And then it replied. Saul asked, I, and then Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. And what I love about this is that Paul never directly persecuted Jesus. He persecuted you. He persecuted your, your family. He persecuted your friend. But yet Jesus said, you persecuted me. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ is in you. So anyone that persecutes you, trust me. What? As he is, so are we. They will not get away with it. They won't. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And whoever contends with us shall be persecuted by Christ rather. And he fell on the ground. He became blind. But eventually he repented and found grace. He founded grace. And sometimes we, we think that Paul's persecution was like the biggest sin ever. But... In all our ways, we have once persecuted the church or persecuted our sisters or brothers. Or we have sinned against one another. 
But because of his grace, because of his grace, you and I get to sit here today. Amen? And if you read 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 17, 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 17, you really understand that Paul really gets what grace is. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into ministry. Although I was formerly, formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy. Amen? Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Sometimes you're doing things that you don't even know that it's wrong or that it's unbelief. But even in those things, God's grace abounds. Amen? So even in those things, if you don't know what you're doing, and once you find out because of his word, his grace is still abounding. And it says, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. With faith and love, which are in Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He's calling himself the chief sinner. But even him, Christ came and saved him. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ, might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Amen. Then I want to go to my main verse for today, which... Um, it's when I heard the team Abundance of Grace, this was the first thing I actually thought of. Can you go to the next slide, please, Justice? And it's in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, which is actually titled The Torn in the Flesh. I think most of us have heard it before, The Torn in the Flesh. Paul was going through, after he repented, he was going through persecution himself and don't say it's payback no it's not payback it's just the price you pay when you become a follower of Christ I mean sometimes all we hear is prosperity is good news when you come to Christ you don't have any problems right that's what they sometimes make us think but to have prosperity in the New Testament also means that you will be persecuted and if you read 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, it says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times. He pleaded with the Lord three times. Lord, take it away from me. Lord, take it away from me. Lord, I don't want to be in this sin anymore. Lord, I don't want to live in this life anymore. Take it away from me. That it might depart from me. And he said to me, and this is what I love, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Perfect in weakness. His strength is made perfect in weakness, meaning you will have sometimes that you're weak. But because of his strength, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
You receive his strength in your weakness. You receive his grace, which is sufficient when you're going through that persecution. And when you read on, it says, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. Amen. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And look, we are all going through battles. We're all going through distress. We're all going through it. Some people have infirmities whom no one know of. Infirmities are weaknesses, mentally or physically. Sometimes you go through them, no one might know, right? And you ask yourself, how can I be a Christian and yet go through this? But God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you. That means that that's actually all you need. That's actually all you need. And look, if you're going through something, you pray about it, right? Prayer changes things. Prayer is the answer. You pray about it. But as you are going through it, remember that my grace is sufficient for you. As you are waiting for the answer, as you are waiting for that glory at the other side, as you're waiting for that husband, for that wife, as you're waiting for that healing, as you're waiting for that answer in your life, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. It is good for you to realize that as Christians, you go through stuff. And it's all because of Christ's sake. If it is in Christ, it's okay. If it's not from Christ, it needs to go. It needs to go. But it's up to you to have that discerning spirit and know that, hmm, this is part of the process. This is for Christ's glory. Or no, this is not for me. So stop accepting everything that life throws at you. Like, oh, Hortabay. No. Not everything hoortebij. En als het er wel bij hoort, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And you need to hold on to that faith that one day will be taken away from you. Amen. If you read Mark 10 verse 30, it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's not me that it's saying it there. It's in the Bible. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. It's part of the price we pay. But you can go through it because His grace is sufficient. It's all that you need. It's all that you need. If you read 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, it says... But be careful with what you accept. Whatever you go through. Wacht, lees ik het goed? No, sorry. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And if you go to Mark 10.30, it says, Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers, mothers and children and lands with perse persecution. And in the age to come, 
to eternal life. Amen. So why would you receive all the good things that God gives to you? But when simple persecution or a simple struggle comes, you're like, oh, is God really alive? How can God make me go through this? He is telling you today, my grace is sufficient for you. It's part of it. It's part of it. And I want to just go to through a few more passages before I close. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And if we take it from the verse 6, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You need to be a bountiful giver. When you give, don't just give something small. Give bountifully. Because if you give more, you receive more. Amen? If you give more, you receive more. And it says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Whenever we are coming for the offering, come cheerfully. Smile. Put a smile on your face when it's offering time. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Amen? God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He is able. So you need to ask him, God, make all grace abound towards me. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. Look, if you have received abundance of grace, you need to show an abundance of good works. Everyone who has an abundance of grace gives. Everyone who is charismatic, who is joyful, who is cheerful, is giving. If I smile, I'm giving you something. Right, Lionel? <laughs> If I'm happy, I'm giving you something. I'm giving you hope. I'm giving you positivity. If I'm down always, I'm taking from you. Sommige mensen zuigen gewoon energie van je. Messi. Okay. So if you have abundance of grace, you give. So start giving today. Start doing good works today. Because God has given you the provision for it. You give with what you have. If you don't have, you bring positivity. You smile. You pray for one another. You share all that God has given to you. Just give. Just do good works. First Corinthians 15, 9. I'll just read it quickly and say, or I'll read it 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. He labored more abundantly than they all. Paul is like the main apostle in, in the Bible. And he labored more abundantly than them all. He received the most revelation. And it was all because of the grace of God. The grace of God makes us special. It makes us peculiar. And every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. 
It's in his grace and in his love. If you see something good, it's God. Good produces good. Evil produces evil. So every good thing you see is God. And you might even assign another um, reason to it or say, no, this is not God. This is just nature. No, it's God. You know, to do good or to be good or to do good works, you need grace. It's as simple as that. If you don't have grace, it's really hard for you to do good. And all have, the grace of God has appeared to all men. So those who believe or those who don't believe, the grace of God has appeared to all men. And because of that grace, we see good among us. Doing good costs you more than doing bad. And anything that costs you is more sustainable. So don't grow weary in doing good. And remember that as you're doing good, you might sometimes receive something bad in return or someone will disappoint you. But don't grow weary in doing good. Amen? Because the, the end result of it is way, way better. And I want to say this lastly and say the Bible says that we are the light of this world. So wherever there is light, darkness cannot be. Wherever there is light, darkness does not comprehend it. So wherever you go in this world, at work, your job, your school, your, everywhere you go with your families, be the light of the world. I always call my brother sunshine because whenever he appears somewhere, he just brings sunlight. He just brings the good vibes. <laughs> because we are the light of the world. Amen. So remember this, that abundant grace empowers you to do good. Abundant grace is all you need, even in your, your weaknesses, even in your infirmities. And whilst you're going through your persecution, it's only the abundant of grace you need. Abundant of grace is the answer. Amen? So we need to be the soldiers of doing good. We need to be the soldiers of abundant grace. When people look at us, they should see the grace of God. Amen? I just want to say this last thing. I just pray that everyone will receive the abundance of grace. Because the abundance of grace sustains you till the end. So it is a long-suffering journey we are going through. But we have the grace of God. So carry us through it. Every tribulation you're going through, every persecution you're going through, every silent battle you might be fighting, you have the grace of God. And it will bring you to a glorious end. And I pray that he will empower you through this journey and make you do good works and not be weary in doing good. May you live in abundance to declare the works of the Lord. Amen. Wherever we go, we need to declare the works of the Lord. We need to be living in abundance. Amen. I just want us all to be on our feet. And I want to invite the praise team to, to sing the song. Claudia, you sang for worship.